Welcome to the Raven Hill Podcast, the podcast where we talk things all relating to craft beer and outdoor adventures. As always, my name is Pete, and for today, we have a really special episode of the podcast lined up for you all. So, in the last couple of episodes, you may have heard myself, Mark, Chloe, and Christian talking about the Child Pursuit Running event, which is taking place later on this month, on the 28th of May. And since this is only just a couple of weeks away, we figured that it'd be a really cool idea to do a special Trail Pursuit themed episode of the podcast. So that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. And to help me do this, I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by one of the co-founders of the event, Ed Flood. Ed, welcome to the show, mate. Hello, Pete. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be on. Pleasure is all mine, mate. How are you? You well? We are good, yeah. It's uh, it's busy times behind the scenes, but um, it's nice to kind of step out and have a chat with you now. Oh, excellent. Yeah, well, as I say, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And speaking on behalf of Team Ravenhill and all of our ambassadors, we really can't wait for the Trail Pursuit event later on this month. For us, it's been such a long time since any of us have done a proper trail running event like this due to um, world events over the past 12 months. And we really can't wait to take part in all the different running events uh, across the day. So for anybody who has listened to our previous episodes, they'll know that our ambassador, Chloe Langforp, is doing her yes. first proper running yeah, event yeah. ever. Is that, she's yeah, doing she, the 10K, is it? Is it 10K? She, um, well, she, she's doing the 5K event. She was hoping to do the 10K event. I think she's going to save her first proper 10K event for like maybe a proper road running ah, kind of race. Okay. But uh, but yeah, she's taking part in the 5K event on the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to be taking part in the 10K, and this is actually my first outdoor trail run event as well. Amazing. I've only ever done really like road races before. So yeah, this is my first time doing any form of outdoor race before. And uh, Christian Quick, he's going to be taking part in the marathon, and I'm sure he's going to be trying to set some sort of land speed record right, <laughs> yeah. as, he, as he just ascending the mountains. Does. Yeah, no, he loves it. And uh, and Mark uh, from Raven Hill, he's going to be there on the day as well, and he's got a little uh, kiosk set up where he's going to be selling some of the uh, Raven Hills throughout the event as well. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fantastic event, and as I say, we are so excited for it. And um, I guess the purpose of recording this episode today is really to dive into the details of the event. And yeah, last time I checked, um, the event has completely sold out, and it looks like you're expecting over 1,700 runners to be taking place in all the running events yes. on the day itself. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, super, super grateful. Um, so we sold out, must have been middle of April. Um, and yeah, as you say, like all the different race distances, so 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon, and we've got the kids one mile as well. I think there's like 40, mm. 40 little kids going to be uh, doing a mile race. And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing because it's we've kind of made it super inclusive and, you know, we want to welcome newbie trail runners like yourself and Chloe and, and then through to your more advanced trail runners like Christian and, and other people who have experience. So I think it should be quite a nice, yeah, nice environment for everyone. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. But what we really wanted to do was use this episode as an opportunity to provide as much information as we can about the uh, about the event and uh, yeah kind of just go through what's going to be happening on the day give out some general running advice for anyone who's not really taken part in an outdoor trail run before and uh, yeah just generally answer any questions that anybody may have about the event but I'm sure we're going to get onto that all later on in the episode. After all, this is the Ravenhill podcast, and as we have done with every other episode so far, we like to kick things off with a drink. So, Ed, as I do with every guest on the podcast, my first question to you this evening is, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Cheeky Chasm from Ravenhill, one of my favourites. Um, nice. Yeah, cracked it. Super refreshing. Brilliant. Oh, that's really good to hear. 
and as always, I'm uh, partaking in the drink this evening as well. What are you going for? Well, I I always try to do get a different brewery uh, on the podcast every time we do a recording. So this week, I have got some beers from a North Yorkshire-based brewery called Brass Castle, who are based in Moulton. Have you had any of their beers before? I don't think I have, no. I think I might, Mark might have mentioned them, actually, or he sells to them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been a big fan of theirs for many years now. And, yeah, I think one thing they, they're really proud of is that they've got a really fantastic selection of uh, gluten-free and vegan-friendly beers. Mm. So, yeah, to, uh, for this evening, I've got a can of Hoptical Illusion, which is a pale ale. Uh, I've got a can of Sunshine, which is a India Pale Ale, and I've got a Yes Pecan, which is a maple and pecan porter. So uh, not sure if I'll get through all of these in this single episode, but... Uh, yeah, the question should be uh, <laughs> question should be on fire with those three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, so yeah, um, another question which I've asked on the last couple of episodes of the podcast, I guess it more relates to just your general buyer behaviour when it comes to purchasing craft beer. So I was wondering, where do you typically like to buy your beer from? Do you t- try to get it from the supermarket or do you try to buy directly from the brewery or indie craft beer shops where you can? Yeah, it's a good question. I think recently there's just a news agent nearby who who's seemed to stock all different kind of local breweries um, from around uh, around London and beyond. Um, so amazing. I often go in there and just and just choose a few different ones. There's there's one called Crate Brewery. They do a really nice selection of lagers and IPAs. Mm. What else they got in there? They've got your typical Aspals, and then yeah, they've got a whole range. To be honest, I'm trying to get Raven Hill in there. Yeah, that that, that would that would be amazing to do so. I can't imagine uh, Raven Hill's got a particularly big following there uh, down in the southern part of the UK. But uh, but never say never ever. Basically, it's, it's quite funny that you said that you got that from your news agents because. Uh, I've I've got one which is about a ten minute walk from me. Um, it's called Saul's Garage. I think they're relatively localish to the uh, the East Yorkshire region. Mm. But again, they've done a really fantastic um, job, like more so recently, of again getting in some really good, mostly local breweries. Mm-hmm. So again, um, they've got Brass Castle is where I got these uh, tonight. Uh, they also do Atom Brewery, uh, Bone Machine, and Raven Hill. So again, I think it's quite nice to see even like the uh, smaller. Uh, news agents and like smaller retail shops now starting to have a more inclusive craft beer selection mm-hmm. especially with it being local as well yeah definitely i think people just want that variety now you know rather than just mm. your bog standard beers and things they want to be a little bit adventurous i'll say the craft the craft beer revolution is in full swing it's here <laughs> it's happening amazing well speaking of that and um, i was wondering if you could uh tell us a little bit more about your tasting craft beer and i was wondering what your fa- <laughs> your three favorite beers are or alternatively what your top three favorite breweries are yeah i mean i'm probably not as big a well i'm definitely not a bigger brewery man as you are um <laughs> but i'm I, I would say raven hill like i've because i've i've known them for maybe four years now uh you, you started mm. out with chasm and then i'd still really love that one but then i kind of moved on to the the ravine um uh, which is just a, mm. just a classic the uh, the flavor is is incredible others that i enjoy there's a good kind of goose island brewery down here that does um sort of a selection of all their beers and then also 
um, kind of pub food and, and bar type food, which is really, really tasty. I've been there with a friend a couple of times. Is that the Goose Island? Because I, um, I was in London, uh, it was just before the pandemic kicked off, and I went into a Goose Island bar. Mm. I'm struggling to remember where it was now. There's, well, there's the one I went to is in Shoreditch. I think it might have been that one in Shoreditch. I've got a cousin who uh, who lives uh, like in that neck of the woods in mm-hmm. London. I think she's just uh, bought a house in uh, yeah in that area. So yeah, I think it might well have been in that area where, where I met her and a partner. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. No, there's a few dotted around. Obviously, you've got your brew dogs and then, yeah, brew house. I don't know if you guys have that around you, but I think I think they're dotted oh, across right. the UK and they, they host quite a big selection for where I first got wind of Big Drop which is like a non-low-alcoholic, oh, yes. but it tastes surprisingly good for like a, a, mm. a very low-alcoholic beer. Yeah, and I, I I, think I may have mentioned in the last uh, episode of the podcast that I've, I've gone through like a bit of a phase where I've been like really into like my big flavours, like uh, craft beers, and usually they come in the form of like quite high ABV New England IPAs or Imperial Stouts, which mm-hmm. is fine, but you can't have too many of those without feeling a bit sore the, the following morning. <laughs> yeah, but, but and, and because, yeah, absolutely, and because because of that, I'm now more so trying to sort of like reach out and like try lower ABV beers. But mm-hmm. again, I think um, breweries are now sort of like now starting to adapt to this trend in the market, and I've now seen a lot more breweries who are catering to that low ABV market. But again, so like I think the problem they've had in in the past is that usually with lower ABV beers, like there just isn't that flavour mm-hmm. or like that bodiness mm-hmm. in a beer. But I think they are now starting to like counter that with uh, like more hoppier, like more bigger flavoured beers. And uh, yeah, I've, I've been trying quite a few lower ABV beers uh, yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. and they've all been lovely, like really, really good and enjoyable. And yeah, you can have a couple without feeling too guilty the the following morning. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm um, yeah, I'm quite interested in the sector, like even with gins, because there's a uh, there's a couple mm. of brands as well that are doing low alcohol gins, and like I've tasted some of them, and they are. <laughs> They are very similar to a normal gin tonic, but um, yeah. yeah, I just find it interesting that the, the new trends. But uh, we were at, actually up recently doing a recce for Trail Pursuit. We had like a team meetup last weekend. Mm. Um, we met with the with the venue owners and things, and and met with the team. And then afterwards that evening, we just popped into a um, a random uh, mini brewery and, and bought a few a few different beers that were kind of local to the to the Lake District. Um, oh nice yeah again as you said some that kind of knock your socks off and then others which are a little bit a <laughs> little bit more sessionable so i'm i'm just yeah i'm just down to experiment wherever you are really and just try a few few different yeah, ones yeah that's it i mean i'm I'm always happy to uh to buy the same beer more than once but i think for me just i I'm now just trying to get into the habit mm. where I just want to try as much variety as I can from like all, all different brewers because there are just there are so many, particularly in the UK right now. And yeah, just I'm just the kind of guy where I'm just happy to take that risk and just even I've I've come across some I've well I've come across some amazing beers. I've come across some beers which aren't so amazing, but I just I'd rather <laughs> take that risk and just you know have a huge variety and just try as much as I can really mm-hmm, definitely and were you always into like trying different types of beers or was there where did it come about um oh um I guess this has probably been more so over the past four or five years or so so um I think I may have said in a previous episode when I was talking to Rich C because um he was much more of like a, a real ale drinker and like real ales I mean They've been around in this country mm. for, for God knows how many centuries now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I remember saying to him that when I was probably in my early 20s, I that's when I started like drinking like proper real ales. And um, I mean, I'm happy to admit before that I was very much a, a boring lager drinker. 
you know, just nip down to your, your local and uh, drink whatever's cheapest uh, by the pint. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, it was probably, it was very much like, um, as per influenced by my dad, that he really got me into my um, real ales. And uh, and then, yeah, just like for like three, four years or so, that's what I would drink when I used to go down to the pub or bars. And then it was probably around, yeah, maybe about seven, seven or so years ago where you just started seeing more of like these uh, craft uh, breweries. So again, like breweries probably like Brewdog and mm. Northern Monk and Vocation who are now just in a league of their own now. They're just absolutely huge. But at the time, like they were just, yeah, they were almost quite indie within themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just at that point that I just started like really just enjoying them more. And I, I guess I, I liked the uh, the variety there and just the community that was involved with like just um people who used to engage in drinking that mm-hmm. kind of style of beer mm-hmm. and uh yeah just i mean you've probably seen it yourself just particularly over the past like three or four years or so just the whole craft beer industry particularly in the uk it's just yeah absolutely i um i did my master's in marketing at the university of hull i just uh, finished my uh, dissertation uh, back in january of this year and uh my research was actually into the craft beer industry okay. and again just like as part of that i was looking at like so many statistics like about how big the market has just blown up like over the past 10 years and yeah it's just just completely spiked about three or four years ago and uh yeah it's it's still not reached that saturation yet like there is still just breweries popping up everywhere and there is just that demand for it it's just it's getting bigger and bigger which which is brilliant yeah i think it's just and what do you see the next kind of five to ten years of of the local brewery industry how how big do you see it escalating um it's hard to say really because i think there will come a point where unfortunately as any market will do it will reach some form of saturation but i think what's quite interesting is that because a lot of the market's made up by these like smaller indie brewers um they're quite easy to adapt to changes within that market so mm. funny enough as we were just talking there about breweries that are now producing lower abv uh beers that's only a trend that's been happening over the past two years or so and there's um there's a oh, there's a there's an agency called cyber the uh, society of independent brewers and uh in their report they, they release it every every couple of uh, months or so and um, this is just a trend that they've like spotted over the past um yeah two two or three years or so and again just you can see from there just the the demand for lower abv beers has just gradually mm. increased and increased but again it's because because of this association of brewers they are aware of these changing trends in the market and they are willing to adapt to it and yeah mm. it just it kind of works so I think uh, as well so, yeah. like if 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 they can nail the flavor and the, the body of the beer whether it's a, an ipa or, or stronger or, or what have you like it's it's gonna do well <laughs> because people can they can they can enjoy it and and get the flavor and 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 the kick and then not feel you know not have the head the next day um so it, it yeah, makes that, absolutely yeah and i would i would love to because i'm still in the process of um like planning other well future episodes that we can do for this podcast and we're going to get uh, more of our ambassadors on here mm. but i would love to do one episode where we get maybe get a couple of people and we talk about what influences people to buy certain beers in certain ways because that, that was sort of like the topic of my dissertation like what influences people's buying behaviors particularly for craft beer mm. and i can after doing some research i've i came to some conclusions but i would be really interested to like interview some people and see what i found if that does relate to what people tell me so uh, so yeah that might that might be an episode that we do later down the line <laughs> yeah definitely well i'm game if you need an extra extra uh person to share the uh well there we go yeah that'd be amazing so ed um as i said in our little intro um we the purpose of this podcast is really to talk about trail pursuit so um yeah i guess my first question on the topic of that is 
I would love to find out more about the origins of the event mm. and how you actually came to founding it. So I was wondering if you could uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So I was at an event called Conti Thunder Run uh, where I met my uh, co-founder, David, and um, we were we're both there kind of um, on stands selling things and we were basically positioned next to each other, became kind of friends, uh, did a run there, uh, but it was a 24-hour relay, so there were different teams and things and we got we were chatting about running and adventure and just just normal stuff and then we kind of kept in contact um and i invited him to lead a, a trip we were leading to snowdonia um an avossi trip which involved kind of trail running wild swimming hiking uh, we even had ravenhill uh, beer tasting in the evening there which mm. which went down a storm um and yeah david was sort of the uh, qualified mountain leader and he and he led the group and then after that, maybe a couple of months later, I invited on to the Avos Explore Show, which is like a, a podcast we have where we where we um, interview different people in, in the adventure space, um, and that was to really learn about his kind of ultra running and his his career, um, well, his change of career from kind of being a fishmonger to starting his own uh, series of fell running races. So we had some some nice kind of collaboration there, and I said at the end of it, why don't we do a collaboration uh, or a race together? Why don't we do an Avossi X Peak Runners race? Um, and it was the end of the interview, and, and we thought, okay, cool, we'll, we'll sleep on it and, and kind of have a brainstorm and go from there. A day or two later, we had a big brainstorm, and we thought, should we do you know a series of of, of events, um, you know, seasonal, or should we do you know, a big event. And we just thought, let's start with one flagship event. And we chose the Lake District. Um, and we kind of wanted to just do something slightly different. So like a lot of the races that are out there can either be a little bit intimidating, or they're for a certain crowd, or they're, you know, it's just the run, you turn up and, and do the run and get your medal and go home. And there's definitely a, a market for that. Uh, but we wanted to make it a little bit more exclu- uh, inclusive and not exclusive. We wanted to make it a little bit more inclusive um, for all levels of runner, whether you're you know, a, a runner who's doing their first trail 5K like Chloe or 10K like yourself, or you're someone like Christian who we've said who, who is more advanced and, and can do like a mountain marathon. So that was kind of the premise behind it. And then we wanted to incorporate other activities like wild swimming and yoga and you know have like a mini expo village where other kind of innovative brands could could showcase their new products and things and um yeah obviously raven hill is uh is a silver sponsor for us which we're really grateful for and they're doing a lot of good things we've got a big surprise coming out on friday so yeah that's that's sort of a snapshot of how it started brilliant and uh, as, as as you just said there and as we said in our intro it's not just one one racing event, it's a whole plethora of events. So we've got a full marathon, half marathon, a 10k, 5k, and even a kid's one mile trail as well. Mm. And all of this is right in the heart of the Lake District. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the trail route itself and what kind of uh, different terrains our runners can expect to see on the day. Yes, yeah, good question. So all of the races set off from our venue, which is a place called Braithay Hall. Uh, which basically sits on the north shore of Windermere, um, opposite the lake. Really, really beautiful setting. And all of the runners will, will head off. And to begin with, it's, it's kind of forest trails, which are quite um, quite shallow, quite flat. So it's, it's quite a speedy start. And then later into the races is, is where the hills and the ascent comes. And then you go on to the high fells. There's a really beautiful peak called Ladabarrow, where the 
the 10K and half marathons we'll, we'll head up to. And then um, the longer distance is uh, they head further off in, into the mountains and, and have some serious ascent. So, yeah, there's a nice variety. And then everyone ends back at the at the venue and then, and then you know, there's going to be good celebrations. And, and Raven Hill, the collaboration, we're, we're doing um, some finisher beers. So we've created a really cool mm. kind of custom design uh, which I can't wait to, to share with everyone. And uh, yeah, but I mean, the, the one thing we've learned from doing these reccees and heading up there and meeting the team and, and just spending time in the Lake District, it's that the weather can change rapidly. <laughs> like you can get all all seasons in, in one day. So that's why we've got a pretty strict kit list for the... Uh, the 10k and up just because you know if, if if there is anything that happens up in the hills or the, or the further in the mountains then then you need to be prepared and uh yeah i mean mountain races they they are typically strict and and i think that's been it's been a bit of a shock for like the newbie newbie 10k trail runners or, or what have you but i think in the long run they'll understand that it's it's in their best interest yeah absolutely i was i was having a look at the um the mandatory kit list earlier and uh yeah it just I think it's just a case of just being prepared for every eventuality, as you would like if you are going out for any outdoor adventure, you yeah. know, whether you're going for a walk in the countryside or whether you're going for, yeah, just going for a general day out, just bring some waterproof, bring some yeah. appropriate foot, yeah, bring some appropriate footwear. And I think that's uh, that's one thing I was talking to uh, Christian Quick about in our last mm, episode, because mm. um, um, he was saying about the best kind of footwear you sh- you could be wear- you could wear for doing a uh, a trail run like this. Um, he was saying that there might be a lot of uh, road runners who were who are, might be just turning up wearing their just usual streetwear. Mm-hmm. But uh, what 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 advice would you uh, give to uh, anybody who may have done something like that, or they may have not have even run a trail run in their life? Like what yeah, what yeah. what tips and advice would you give to uh, to those people? Um, I would, I would say, yeah, list out, you know, or look at the mandatory kit list and, and, and see what you have initially and then, and then what you need to invest in. I think for, for trainers is, yeah, is really, really key. You know, it's, it's, it's rocky terrain. There's, there's, uh, there may be some mud, there's rocks and, and what have you and shoes with it, with it, with grip is key. Um, and obviously you can get varying grip You can get, you know, super tread. Otherwise you can just get a more, um, of a hybrid shoe. And I'd say, you know, for the shorter distances, a hybrid shoe would, would be would be great. And there's sites like Wiggle, Decathlon, um, sportshoes.com where you can go into the trail shoe section and you know you've got your super expensive ones and then and then down to, to more budget and intermediate ones. And your your budget and intermediate will be absolutely fine. You don't need to think you need to get a two hundred pound pair of, of trainers for your <laughs> for your first race. And then other things like a, an emergency blanket is Again, yeah, you might think it's OTT, but it's when you're out in the hills and the fells, the weather can change. If you get stuck, if you twist your ankle for whatever reason, you're you're in the in the middle of nowhere. Then it's it's good to be good to be prepared. You can pick those up for a tenner. They're not they're not too much. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's just as you say, just being prepared and having the necessary kind of kit to. to keep you safe brilliant and yeah and um, for anybody who wants to find out more about the uh, mandatory list and um, yeah i think you can access that just via the uh, the trial website yes yeah on the website there's uh if you drop down in the races tab it says um, there's one that says event information for the lake district and on there there's a, a pdf with all the information brilliant so um 
in one of your previous answers, you were talking about some of the uh, celebrations that are going to be happening happening post run. So, and I think it was one of those things that really stood out to me when I was uh, signed up to the event uh, myself. And I think I may have joked to Chloe in the earlier episode that when I was reading about all these other activities, it almost sounds like uh, it almost sounds like a music festival, but for like for runners, yeah. There's, there's just there's so much more happening after the actual running event itself. It's so, gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about some of these um additional activities yes. that can be taking place yeah definitely so just to rewind a little bit so, bef- so so before we get to after the event before the event so the the marathon on the saturday starts at half seven then the mm. the, the half is at half eight and and so forth um and we have a group called drum nation who are a, like oh. a 10 piece drum band who are going to be setting people off and, and bringing some good energy so that's yeah that's amazing. i think that's going to be a fun way to kick off and then yeah as you say we do the races and then um we come back and they'll there'll be sort of an mc who'll be bringing people in and cheering names and things like that there'll be music music played and um and then yeah when you get back you know you'll, you'll get your finisher beer and uh, there'll be good vibes hopefully the sun is shining that would uh we're, we're, Touch we're, we're praying for that <laughs> um mm. And then, yeah, other things that will be on the go will be the yoga. So there'll be 30-minute yoga sessions um, led by our two awesome yoga teachers, Jess and Liv. And, uh, yeah, they'll be they'll be helping ease the, the runner's muscles and, you know, doing some vinyasa yoga. And again, with that, I think that'll be new for some people, you know. So it'll be nice mm. to see them trying trying something different getting in the groove and then yeah we've got the world swimming and the expo village which has different different brands and things and there'll be some caterers and food and and uh, different types of vendors so you'll be able to kick back with a coffee and a cake afterwards oh fantastic yeah i mean what are you, what are you looking forward to um before the uh, the pandemic i did quite a lot of uh, uh, running events uh, myself I, I i did quite a couple of the um the jane tomlinson charity events um mostly in, in the york region and i was saying to christian on the last episode of the podcast that there's just something about doing a proper running event like that and i think there's just there's something about having mm. a huge group of people there just everyone's there cheering you on and there's just is there's just such a great vibe mm. and mm. to anybody who's listening and they've not participated in an event like this it's one of those things where i think everyone should do something like this at some point in their life just because there's just such a kick you get from doing mm. it mm. and you just you come i mean running any distance you get uh, like a bit of a kick and a bit of a high from it but doing the same but doing exactly the same but in such like a big events like this it's just on a completely different level Mm. and uh so yeah that and as I said before, this is, as I'm sure it will be for many people who are participating in Trail Pursuit, this will be the first event that so many people have done in such a long time. So, mm. yeah, it's just a, it's, it's something I've been looking forward to for, for certainly for a couple of months mm-hmm. now. And, uh, yeah, just I'm looking forward to it all. I think it's going to be an absolutely cracking day. And, uh, yeah, just uh, praying to the weather gods uh, they're going to be kind <laughs> yes, to us. us too. Um, and, yeah, just to echo what you've said, like, I completely agree. Um, and I think... You know, seeing all the, all the runners have a, have a big goal to work towards, and even myself, just to just to know that there's this 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 big um, kind of dream that's that's fast approaching. You know, we're going to have mm. seventeen, eighteen hundred people all doing different distances. Obviously, we're going to have lots of COVID marshals, and and there'll be self distancings and things. But yeah, also just to just to go after what you said on the um, you know the the feeling that you get doing it in a in a pack amongst other people. I completely agree yeah. and I think trail runners in particular are just very they're just a little bit more laid back and they're they're just very positive. Yeah. 
you know whereas your whereas your road running can be very kind of time focused and you're always looking at your clock and you want to get the quickest time which there's definitely a time and a place for that yeah absolutely but the the kind of adventurous side and um supportive nature of trail running something that i'm really drawn to and, and i think a lot of people are um so yeah i've, I've certainly seen just there uh, from your uh, from your social media channels and from the case studies that you've got on the trail pursuit website there just seems to be such a great community mm, spirit mm. like amongst everyone who participates like even that the, whether it's the runners whether it's the event staff whether it's just the spectators there's just this amazing community mm. spirit which just again just add, adds to the whole experience yeah I completely agree and i think everyone runs for different reasons you know um the reason you run is pretty maybe different to the reason i run or there, there's different reasons that are intertwined but obviously there's mental health there's the adventure there's having a big mm. goal to work towards there's connecting and meeting new people there's the the environments you know going to the lake district is probably a first for many people and yeah i I'm, i think it's awesome and I'm, I'm grateful to be working in a space where there are so many positive things and 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 all the people you're connecting with as you say the community and like every everyone's on a everyone's got a story everyone's on their yeah. own their own journey so yeah. yeah it's one of the reasons why myself and mark really wanted to put this podcast together and um, just on the surface it sounds like um me just talking a lot about craft beer but again it's just like i think the the craft beer community and the the trail running community and just the general outdoor and adventure community like they're all very like-minded mm. and they've just got some incredible stories to tell so uh mm. and yeah it's a it's events like trail pursuit where we actually all get to get together meet each other because i mean i've i've been talking to uh christian chloe yourself and uh rich c but, but uh only via a zoom call I like know. i'm sure lots of other people have done over the past 12 months lots but of video. Uh, yeah yeah i think it's actually gonna be a shock for a lot of people to see all these instagram buddies <laughs> in real life <laughs> Um, so. Oh my god, that's what you look like, <laughs> like from the waist down. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's gonna be a lot of high fiving and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good fun. Uh, but I think yeah, there we go. people want to connect. You know, in in this world where we are all connected online, it's it's to do that in in real life i think is uh is, is very important so because we wanted to make this as informative as we possibly could for all those who are participating in the chop suit event i actually went on the chop suit runners forum on facebook and uh, to anybody who has signed up uh, for the event and um, there is a runners forum uh, on facebook where people are giving advice uh, asking questions and again you, you can really uh, connect with that community spirit even from there and I actually said to um, this group um, that we would be recording this podcast uh, later on this evening. And I thought it'd be a really great opportunity for our participants to actually ask Ed some questions that they may have about the event mm. or just trail running in general. So, uh, Ed, we have had some responses. <laughs> okay. Going to be on the spot here. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I think we're going to run through some quick fire questions that uh, have been submitted to us uh, via the uh, Facebook group. So, um, mm. to kick things off, uh, we've had a question through from harry lancaster and he asks what has been the biggest challenge aside from covid19 of organizing trial pursuit um and what are you most excited for over the weekend okay wow um biggest challenge i would say i wouldn't say it was a challenge but at a time where where there was a lot of like change was probably in the months of march and april where for whatever for whatever reason people were um moving up and down distances and there was a lot of 
of like admin behind the scenes that you you wouldn't really ever see when you look at the social media. Yeah. You'd just be like, oh, look, there's a nice there's a nice sunny <laughs> photo of someone running. But behind the scenes, there's like people have been injured, people have had to drop out for various reasons. They they want to transfer to a friend and and things like that. So I think. Um, as a small team of just me and David, I think that has been quite challenging. Like uh, uh, on the day to day team, that's that's been quite challenging just to keep up with 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 the amount of emails and um, of questions and 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 things. So I think moving forward, that's been a really big learning curve for us to to expand the team to bring on like a, a kind of support support member to to, to help facilitate some of those and then the highlight or was it the highlight of the event yeah uh, what what are you most excited for yeah, uh, yeah, over yeah. the weekend uh, 100% just seeing everyone um, and, and the good vibes I think setting the, the races off at the start is, is going to be hugely exciting and just the energy on, on the front lawn where everyone's going to be setting off and then as you say like coming back and, and just people relaxing connecting with new people and, and just kind of seeing it in motion I guess that'll be quite quite rewarding yeah i think there's going to be a lot of people celebrating for lots of different reasons mm, so mm, i mm. think all the, all that combined is going to be absolutely fantastic yes yeah that, that, that's a, that's a great question harry thank you very much for submitting that um so got another question here from lucy maria uh oh well she's going to be running the uh the marathon event and she's asking will a vest with two 500 mil uh, bottles of water be enough for a marathon it looks like she's slightly concerned that there's a 20 kilometer gap in between the water station stations so yeah and based on your experiences as a as a as a trail runner do you think that would be enough for uh for someone running the marathon event yes yeah i think that i think that should suffice there is there is a bit of a gap between the the aid stations simply because there's a big loop uh, a big mountainous loop and it's it's quite difficult mm. to to get aid stations up there but two 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 of those big flasks will definitely cover you for that uh, that loop um, and then you can obviously refill when when you get back to the aid station. So yeah, you'll be you'll be fine. Brilliant. I think that's I think it's just a case of knowing that it's maybe a case of save save the water for for the big gap in between. Yeah, I mean small frequent sips, and then you can refill at the first aid station when you when you um, when you arrive, and, and make sure you've got you know it's it's all good to go, and then and then you'll be back round. So brilliant. And uh, thanks, Lucy, for your question. Got another one here from Colin Lee, and he wants to know what was the process and how did you go about planning the routes for Trail Pursuit? Very good question. I am probably not the best person to ask um, (laughs) because David and Josh are our head of routes and I'm kind of speaking on on David's behalf here. But from a more event perspective, point of view we wanted to create routes that obviously are beautiful trail runs they're going to be challenging for people there's going to be some hills in there there's going to be some some beautiful views um and i know this the first set of routes that we that we had made went over the langdale valleys um and we there, there was some crossover with it with another race so we since rerouted or david and josh rerouted and uh yeah it was it was a mix of the routes available and accessible from from uh from braithay hole from the venue that would take you out in to the fells amazing yeah that sounds fantastic and uh thank you colin for that question uh we've got one more question and it comes from heather james yes and she's wondering will there be 
any special prizes if we limp over the finishing line looking like hungover zombies? <laughs> Apparently she's asking for a friend, but I'm finding that very hard to believe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is the first request, but we can, we can come up with a fun, we can come up with a fun prize for a limping zombie, for sure. Yeah, and following on from Hungover Zombies, I, one thing I would certainly not recommend is having a drink there the night before. I, um, I did the Leeds 10k back in 2018, and I think it was the day after, I think there must have been some sort of international England football match, and me and a couple <laughs> of friends had gone down to the local pub to watch it, and, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't, I, I'll admit, I wasn't hungover the the following day for for the event but yeah i was just feeling a bit laggy a bit mm, rubbish so uh, mm, so yeah would would not recommend having a drink the night before no i think that's a that's a good good lesson learned start fresh and then and then have a couple afterwards there we go cool and thank you for your question heather and uh thank you um to harry lucy and colin for your questions as well guys appreciate that so um as well as the troll pursuit event in the lake district uh later this may ed there is also another troll pursuit event that you've organized which is actually taking place a lot later on this year in october mm. at uh, brecon beacons so i was wondering if you could actually tell us a little bit more about this event and how it compares to the, uh, the Lake District event. Yeah, so we've um, so we've, we've launched the the Brecon Beacons event, which is taking place from the first to the third of October. Um, and in the same kind of vein as, as the Lake District, we wanted to make it super accessible and, and inclusive for different levels of runner. It's quite nice, and, and there's a few differences. So this one is being held on a on a farm called Joelstone Farm. So there's a lot more space to play with. And the fart we've 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 been down there. We've met with the farmer Charles, who owns it, and he's he's a great guy. Um, and there's just a lot of space. We're able to offer camping for, for those who, who want to stay for, for a few days. And, and yeah, as you can see, we're, we're extending it over three days rather than just two in, in the Lake District. And again, the routes, are, uh, there's going to be a range of, of different routes um, similar to the Lake District with the addition of an ultramarathon, which is a 50 oh, miler. Wow. Yeah, so mm-hmm. this is... Uh, this is one of David's his works of art. He's, he's created this awesome route, which um, is being well received. And yeah, so so the runs are going to be heading up around the beacons, um, up Penny Fan and, and the surrounding areas. There's lots of little like hidden waterfalls. And, and yeah, the, the, the hills are kind of different to the Lake District. I guess I'd call them more rolling um, and, and they go on for longer, whereas the, the Lake District are more, uh, they're sharper. Yeah, we're going to introduce a few, few different things um, in terms of like workshops. So navigation workshops where people can prove their outdoor skills and, and what have you, and map reading skills and things. There's a uh, great lady called Kay who we've, we've partnered with who's going to be doing some breathwork classes, where, which is all to do with your breathing, po- uh, pre-race and then also afterwards. And, and yeah, I don't know if you've done any breathwork classes before, have you, Pete? Um, yeah, so funnily enough, I used to work for the Hoyar Medical School, which is like the medical school based at the University of Hull. Whilst I was working there, I I worked uh, as part of a uh, clinical trial team, mm. which sort of, like focused on it, it was it was a study which sort of, like was looking into uh, mental health and uh, people who suffered from anxiety and depression. But funnily enough, like what we used to like recommend to people who did have those kind of tendencies was a lot of uh, breathing exercise mm-hmm. and a lot of breathing techniques, which can like really help with 
those who are suffering from anxiety, depression. And to be fair, I mean, I've thankfully I've never really suffered from that myself personally. But even like to this day, if I'm having like a particularly stressy day at work or if I've been out for like a long run in the evening, I'm just mm. like, I'm generally absolutely exhausted out of breath. Like I still use these breathing techniques that mm, I was recommending to other people, like just on myself. And uh, yeah, um, I know there's there's a, there's a brand and a company called Headspace who do a lot of like, again, like yes. meditation, breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, lo- I love stuff like that. I, I subscribe to their podcast. And again, it's it just, they've got some really cool advice on like, how you can take care of yourself uh, both like mentally and physically mm-hmm. and i think yeah breathing exercises do play a huge huge part in that yeah no that's super interesting and i completely agree like it's it's surprising how just stepping out of your your day and, and doing a 20 minute breathwork class or, or meditation just taking some time for yourself it, it can really do wonders so with Kay and what she's offering i think if we can again share that with with lots of different people and, and people who might not have done it before or, or want to learn the, the skills like you've learned that can be a really good thing but it's yeah I mean there's a there's a lot of pressures in modern life and if there, there's tools and skills out there that can you know really really help you then they should be shared yeah it's, it's, it's amazing I've, um, I've got a lot of friends who sometimes come up to me uh, almost treat me like a bit of an agony ants mm-hmm. um, and like these and they whenever they like say it's like Oh, Pete, like, what should I do? What should I do? Honestly, the first bit of advice I will give anybody in any kind of scenario like that is, okay, first thing I want you to do is literally just take a moment to breathe mm. because, yeah, it's just sometimes that's literally all you need to do to just completely zen yourself out and, like, give your mind that little bit of focus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that workshop you've just been talking about sounds fantastic and uh, it sounds like almost like an entirely different event to Trail Pursuit but with a lot of, like, the familiarity of the running event itself and a lot of, like, the uh, community vibe with it yeah, as well yeah definitely i think the, the trail running and the races will always be the, the focal point uh but then we just want to offer offer different things um like the, the workshops and even partnering with a few few different companies so uh, like maybe a mountain mountain biking group that, that will be down in the beacon so people can you know do the race on the saturday and then the sunday they can head off on a five or ten k bike ride or, or whatever they ever they fancy there'll be a few few local musicians as well and and yeah i think just fostering that that community and and sort of yeah just celebrating the outdoors and and it's always fun a couple of days camping out so and i'm guessing for anybody who may be interested to find out more about the uh brecon beacons uh, event i'm guessing this is all on your website as well yes yeah yeah so yeah on the trail pursuit uh, www.trailpursuit.com uh, and you'll see both the Lake District and, and Brecon Beacons on there. Perfect. So, Ed, I'm, I guess th- I'm now sort of leading on to my final question. And I know the majority of this podcast has been talking about trail pursuits and uh, the associated events, but... I'd love to know, what are your plans for the rest of this year now that we are starting to return to some form of normality again? Mm. Uh, what personally or with trail pursuit? Oh, <laughs> or a bit of both. Yeah, let's 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 start off with <laughs> let's start off with trail pursuit. Then I'd love to hear what you're doing afterwards. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we've obviously got the 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 trail pursuit Lake District in just over two weeks' time, um, and that that's going to be you know it's been it's been a big goal. So that's to to, to host that is going to be a really really special thing. Um, and then from there we we've got a few little things that we that we'd like to do. Um, we want to shoot a, a video for the Brecon Beacons. So oh, uh, brilliant! Yeah, this is <laughs> this is new. This is first time. This is going to be revealed. We're going to shoot a video which will be down in the Beacons. 
questions. Um, so if anyone's interested, do drop us a message. And then we've got a few few different ideas cooking. We'd really love to host a um, a training camp down at the Brecon mm. Beacon site at the end of July for a, for a group of people, maybe maybe fifty or sixty people. So have a have a couple of nights camping, and we would work with with different run leaders and coaches, and and basically do a, a kind of um, a, a tailored kind of workshop weekend where you can yeah do some do some social runs, do some more running specifics. So it could be hill work or strength sessions, mm. and then again just just kind of meet new people and and, and things like that. Um, so that could be end of end of July, and then yeah we've obviously got the the Brecon Beacons which. She's going to take some work for for October. So there are that's a kind of little flurry of, of things we've got got going on. Um, and I think yeah. yeah, just building the building the community and thinking ahead for for twenty twenty two. Excellent. And have you already began to think about uh, about next year? <laughs> what what what, what, got... what next year might entail? Oh no, we've got a few <laughs> we've got a few ideas that are cooking, but I can't share those just yet. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time, and I think yeah, we're just really grateful. You know, we've we've built a team, David and myself, and then Josh, who's who's kind of head, head of operations, and then Olivia, who helps us with the running of the social media platforms and things like that who's, mm. who's great Connor is helping us with with sort of race listing sites and you know di- different people have different mm. skill sets so again I'm, I'm quite a big fan of, of collaborating with different people and, and, and seeing what we can create so uh, yeah fantastic exciting times. I, I, sorry, sorry, it sounds like you've got a cracking team there working with you yeah no it's 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 definitely something I'd recommend and obviously all the entrepreneurs and gurus say make sure you have a team and, and things like that and I'm sure you'd, you'd say the same with, with Raven Hill and, and Mark and what you guys are creating it uh, makes it all the more fun absolutely and that's it yeah if you, if you enjoy what you do you'll never work a day in your life yeah there you go it's um, <laughs> it's uh, it's possible and to have Raven Hill part of it and, and to see Mark's journey with, with the brand and, and all the different beers has, has been has been fun as well so to, to kind of combine the two in some ways is uh, yeah we're all rising perfect well Ed thank you so much for coming on the show today I know that myself Mark, Chloe and Christian are all well as I said before we cannot wait for a job suit later on this May and it will be an absolutely amazing opportunity for us all to meet up and hopefully set our own personal bests in all the running events that we're doing. So, um, so Ed, where can our listeners find out more about Trail Pursuit? Are you, are you guys have got your website, but I was wondering if you wanted to plug your social media platforms. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for, for welcoming me on. I wish all of you guys the very best of luck with your races. Thank you. And yeah, if you'd like to learn more about Trail Pursuit, on Instagram, it is um, at trail underscore pursuit. Um, and on Facebook, yeah, you can find us at, at Trail Pursuit as well. Brilliant. So yeah, look forward to connecting. Fantastic. Yeah, likewise. And as always, if you want to find out more about Ravenhill Brewery and our brand ambassadors, make sure you check out the Ravenhill website at ravenhillbrewery.com. And also make sure you check out and subscribe to Ravenhill social media accounts and follow the hashtag Ravenhill Adventures. And Ed, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on here. And I want to wish you all the best for coordinating the uh, Trail Pursuit event later this May and also for Brecon Beacons uh, later on this year as well. Yeah. Might see you there as well. Definitely. Yeah, thanks so much for connecting. You know, it's been great getting to know you over the past few months and, and to actually meet in person in, in two weeks time will be will be a pleasure. Yep. So yeah, <laughs> good luck and I'll see you there. See you there. there we go. And uh, as always, a big thank you to all of our listeners for sticking around for another episode. And uh, yeah, until next time, I've been Pete. Cheers, Pete. I've been Ed. And this has been the Ravenhill Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>